0: Y'all know what it is? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the bucket Protocol. Yo, what's poppin'? It's your man, Dean Edwards. Welcome to another episode of the Protocol. I'm your host, Dean. That's who I am. Here you can find us, as always, on All Things Comedy Network. The All Things Comedy Network. Hmm? As well as SoundCloud and iTunes and where where you find greater uh, podcasts in your area? Find us, subscribe to us, comment, like, share, tell somebody that needs this podcast in their life, son. Tell a new comedian that has no idea what they're doing to tune in and get this and get this work, son. Feel me? Feel me? Ah, i am just playing. hey man. But good to be back could be back here in the yeah, my lord 2016 in the midst of april well you shouldn't um didn't q-tip say that uh, uh extra Peter large professor said then don't say the year don't say the date of the year because you want it to uh be infinite you want you want whatever you're recording to be infinite you know You want that wisdom and that insight and that music. If you're making music or that comedy, if you're making comedy, you want it to be uh, infinite. You want it to last forever. Make it last forever. Ever. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know. You know exactly what I'm talking about, man. Um, I'm, I'm in a silly mood as I always am. It's, uh, really getting tired of this weather, you know, we'll get right to it. I'm sick of the weather. See these fools on the stoop, ice grilling for days. They knowing that I'm entertaining, so they figure I'm paid, maintaining my cool. So I just watch my back. If the, if the roaches try to raid, I spray them on the attack. I wrote that, I wrote that rhyme years ago. I wrote that way back when. I told y'all I, I, I could spit a little bit. You know what I mean? This is I get down. That's how I get down with Sexy Voice. I'll give y'all Sexy Voice real quick every so often. You got to hit them in the head with a little bit more of the Sexy Voice. Yeah. Anyway, nothing big uh, happened in the last week as far as uh, road gigs. I didn't go on the road. I'm actually, I'm actually enjoying... Being home for a change, chillax chillaxing. chillaxing. <laughs> that's what I hatch when you know you're old when you use that term. I'm chillaxing, which is chilling and relaxing for those that don't know. I'm chillaxing. I've just been laying low man just enjoying enjoying being home, enjoying catching a breather, you know, the road uh, gets you. Tracy, I told y'all before, Tracy said the road is lonely. The road is lonely, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes you need to get off the road just to reset. You got to reset, reset the, uh, reset the heart. Speaking of Tracy, shout out to Trey. And, um, uh, I guess he just, uh, just did an interview on Oprah Winfrey's, uh, channel own, own. He did, um, he did, uh. That was like his first really big in-depth interview since since the accident which occurred. It was crazy. I think I remember the—I think it was June— I think it happened the night of June 6th, growing into June 7th, really June 7th, Saturday, June 7th, 2014. I'm actually checking to see how thorough I am. That would have been a a Saturday, a Saturday. Let's see if I am correct uh, about that. Let us see. Um, Can we see? I think, can't you see? Oh. Can't you see your yeah, What you done to me? Let's see. June 6th was a Friday. June 7th was a Saturday, 2014. I don't know why that date is bigger than me. I, I I was at Hyenas that weekend. <laughs> hyenas in in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. And um yeah, Jesus, it's, it's, it's we're going on 2 years since the uh accident and 2 years since uh since Uncle Jimmy passed uh rest rest in peace to Uncle Jimmy Mac, Jimmy McNair, uh the world of comedy and your family and all of Peak Skill, misses you brother. Yeah, so um, not a lot have happened, but I heard um, Tracy um, had a nice interview. It was emotional, but he also reflected on how if he wasn't able to, you know, bounce back and get back on stage, life wouldn't have felt like it was worth living. So that just shows, you know, that's just um, a way of saying, you know, that what we do is is not just a job, it's a calling. It's it's a livelihood. It's our lives, man. It's what we do. I, I've said before, can't stand when people hit me with, well if you weren't a comedian, if you weren't an entertainer, what would you do? That's that's insulting, man. To to anyone that's ever had specifically an artistic endeavor, they they understand how that feels, how, how offensive that comes off, because, and I, I understand why people will make that inquiry, because they don't know, because they don't know what it's like to watch someone perform and be so inspired that you feel moved to, to go and express yourself, you know, um, which is how I feel anytime I see a live performer, I don't care if it's, uh, If it's a comedian, if it's a singer, if it's a rapper, dancer, uh, musical theater or just theater, I'm inspired and excited when I watch people perform. But more than that, um, I'm anxious to get get on stage. Somebody say that's vain or selfish because it can't always be about you, Dean. I know that. But, you know, that that also is uh, my motivation oftentimes so um so shout out to Tracy make sure you check out uh, a bunch of our friends on all things comedy they have some great podcasts over there a lot of them are usually available between Sunday and Monday as is mine even though mine has been coming in later in the day it did come in um on the day feel me (laughs) yes yes oh you know what did happen last week so peep right Uh, uh, I feel like the majority of my trips to L.A. over the last last month, really, have all been last minute, uh, you know, trips, last minute adventures, which which love. You know, I'm not complaining. I just hate when I got to use my my air miles or my own or my own money to get out there. So last uh, last Tuesday. Me, 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 manager, he called, um, he hit me with, uh, something saying funny or die. was possibly interested in me doing something, uh, with them that Friday, which was last Friday. I think that's the eighth, but it it was confusing because the email said, said Friday, the sixth. Um, so originally I was like, damn, I don't know if I can do that because, uh, because my lovely wife, she had a, a um, what is it called? She had a conference she had to leave for on Thursday. So the problem really was going to be figuring out who's going to watch the kids. These are real life problems that affect affect the job, affect your gig, man. People don't realize that that you know entertainers have real lives, and so you you have to balance family with uh with the gig, and you know you want to. You want to work, but you also have to, you know, be practical about things. So I was wasn't sure if I'd be able to make it. So, um, uh, you know, I asked a couple of my friends. I asked the incredible humor in uh more and uh, and then found out that it wasn't even an offer. It was just a possibility. Oh, but the reason um the reason my manager was suggesting that I do it was because the the writer and director of the uh of the sketch for Funny or Die um works on Veep uh HBO's Veep uh, HBO's Emmy winning Veep and he just felt like it would be a good experience to uh <clears throat> to get in there and and you know, work with someone that uh, you know, is on an Emmy winning show. Um, someone that possibly won an Emmy or will win future Emmys. You know, it's always it's really about politicking and and, and building relationships, man. So um that afternoon I was like, Well, you know what if we'll see what happens to see if they make an offer. They made an offer that afternoon. I was like, all right. Well, I guess, I guess we're going to LA on uh, oh, this week. Now, here's what's crazy. We thought, we thought that the shoot was on Friday, and we were gonna have to figure out how to get out of town Thursday to shoot Friday, and then fly back on a red eye to get back Saturday. I'm getting this information on Tuesday. That the first email message about it was Tuesday morning, around eleven, eleven thirty. The offer email comes through around quarter to 4 p.m. And it turns out there was a typo. It wasn't shooting on Friday the 8th. It was shooting on Wednesday the 6th. So them writing Friday the 6th, the day was wrong. The date was correct. So they were shooting the next day. They were shooting less than 24 hours from when... I got the offer, so <laughs> so we had to work some magic. So fortunately, your, your boy, your boy right here, you know, he got some platinum status uh via uh you know uh Delta and uh and I called in. I called called the uh his, people always ask, what's the big deal about it? Well the big deal is you have a different phone number when you when you uh have some status. So I called and they squared me away. I said, listen, I got I to gotta fly out tonight. What's the latest thing you have out? They tell me, we have a 905, sir. And I said, and I need to fly back tomorrow night. So we have a 905 to fly out on Tuesday night uh, and return on Wednesday night at, a, at 1110. I said, and that's for tonight, the fifth, flying out the fifth and returning on the sixth. Yes, correct. Boom. We're good to go. I am in the city. I'm on my way home. Of course, it takes forever to get home because someone uh, robbed someone or robbed a store and then got hit by a a train, which messed up all the train lines. Can you say karma? (laughs) Someone, I'm not laughing. It is kind of funny. I don't know if the person died or not, but uh, it's tragic, but there's something humorous about it. Someone uh, thieving and then getting hit by, hit by a train. How do you, how do you stumble into getting hit by a train? Anyway, so, whereas I should have gotten home around 5.45, I didn't get home till 6.50. My flight's at 9.10, right? Got home 6.50 showered. I made my here's here's a trick. Here here's the protocol, right? Boom. This is for anybody. Always make a pack list, man. Always make a packing list of where you're going and when you think of making the list, just do it as soon as you think about making that list. Why? Because it'll save you headache and hassle later on. So immediately uh when I was got on the train, um I start just writing, I start writing my, uh, my packing list of what, what do I need? Cause I know I'm like, all right, well, you know what? This is literally, this is going to be a one day to LA and back. So I'm not gonna, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna pack heavily. I'm just going to bring my backpack. I'm not even going to bring luggage. I'll just bring my knapsack. So boom, let's see LA funny or die pack list. I had, uh, I had to sign a check before I left. So I wrote that check. Uh, boom, I put two pairs of boxers, two black tees, two socks, my iPad, uh, my, my log, my uh, my notebook. I just got my new notebooks in the mail. But kind of happy about that, man. You know, because the the books I I actually utilize, the uh, Mead five stars, five subject, those are hard to find in stores, so I had to order online. So I was very happy to order two new ones. That should last me for the next two, three years. Uh... A uh, pair of warm ups, um, my my uh, clippers and my clippers charges because I knew I because I didn't go to the barber. Now, this was funny Wednesday. I planned on I planned on going to the barber. I planned on you know maybe getting a manicure pedicure because my n- nails were kind of nappy. But um, the, oh the role here. Hold up, forgot to tell you one important uh, one important thing about this uh, this sketch. I was gonna play a slave. Now, here's the point, when when you first read the sketch, I read the sketch and so it was about slavery and it's it's a focus group for slavery, right? So I read the sketch, read the the name of the sketch and then I read the sketch, read the name of the author. I was like, they better be black. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I was like, I, right, you know what? If I'm playing a slave, it better be for somebody black. 'Cause there's there's just that racial sensitivity uh involved and somehow I just don't want Dave Chappelle rolling up, like, Hey uh, Dean man, yeah, so I uh, I saw you were playing a slave. <laughs> so uh yeah, it turns out the uh the sister that wrote it, um uh, shout out to Alexis. She um, she actually is the first woman ever to be the head of the Harvard Lampoon. So uh, kudos to her. Y'all could uh, y'all could look her up. Um, very talented, very funny individual and only been in L.A. since what? since last June. So only about about 10 months, really. and And already. Writing on Veep, good for her, man. Real, real uh, happy. And even bigger than that, my boy, uh, uh, Baron, uh, Baron Vaughn is gonna uh, was gonna be in the sketch as well. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll be around some funny people. Um, this should be a good look. So, I I get back to the crib. I pack pack quickly. Uh, as a matter of fact, I had to get off the train. The trains were so funky. I had to get off the train um, downtown near downtown Brooklyn and catch an Uber. Now, anyone that listens knows I haven't been on Uber um, for too long. I've only been using Uber maybe a little over a month. Might might have used it a total less than 10 times still. But Uber came through for it, brother. And I'm happy about that. So I called an Uber home. I was like, all right, you know, what? I'm gonna catch an Uber probably to the airport. But before I catch an Uber to the airport, let me let me make sure that I check in because it's now quarter after seven, and my flight's at nine ten. So I have less than two hours. Even though I don't have to check luggage, I'm sure I'm uh, TSA pre-checked, so I can go through the short line but let's just maximize our time so i go to check in and it says your flight uh, in 13 days will be ready i'm like wait what pardon excuse me it turns out somebody inputted the dates incorrectly they used 40,000 of my air miles somebody inputted the the travel dates incorrectly so of course I call uh, Delta. I'm panicked, but I'm I'm maintaining my cool. But I am a little annoyed because I'm like, yo, I gotta I gotta call the car to come, but I can't call the car to come until I get uh, get squared away and know I'm flying out tonight. Cause from what I understand, you don't want to have a bad review on your Uber. You don't want to cancel rides. Uh, you want to make sure you give everyone five stars. You want to be as friendly as possible, right? And when it's hard enough as a, being a young black male, catching a cab, it's just as hard making sure you, you uh, keep a good reputation. So I want to make sure I keep a good reputation with regards to Uber. So called Delta, they, uh, you know, woman was actually very helpful. Because I was frantic and I even told her, I said, I apologize if I sound a certain type of way, but I need to get out there tonight. So she checks with the supervisor. Supervisor squares me away. I'm off the phone in less than less than 10 minutes and I'm flying out. So I rush. I had, yo. I had the. I had the friendliest, the nicest and friendliest, but the slowest Uber driver ever. This dude. Yo, he was so slow. What was his name? Was it Antonio or something? This dude was so slow. Dang. Man, he was slow. Um, he was yeah, he was he was just very slow, is what he was. Dude was uh dumb slow. But we made it, I made it to the airport at eight. About eight eight twenty. Got there around eight twenty. Um, they closed the TSA pre-check At 8 o'clock So that didn't help But uh, Sky Priority was open So I made it to my gate Actually as I got to my gate I um, I just went straight to the plane And boarded I wasn't the last on the plane And luckily there was space Overhead for me to put in my backpack There ain't other worse then You get there and all the space is, is, is Clogged up so you can't use Get your, get your one or two little things. My jacket. I had a little light, thin jacket in my backpack. Unfortunately, I squeezed them in above uh, above my head. Squeezed them in above my head. Hey-oh, that's what she said. That rhymed right there. I'm childish. Can you see? Childish, childish. Called my boy uh, Sydney, Told him I was going to be out there. He was flying out the next morning. So I landed around 1230. Got to his crib, rented the car and got to his crib around one thirty. Call time was eight o'clock, so I woke up at about six thirty. Sid and I spoke for about a half hour while I got dressed. Um and then I uh, rolled out. He was he was going on a college tour with Muhammad, my man. And um, yeah, went uh and Alexis the uh the writer, director, the author. She was there when I got there. So I like to see, no CP time, son. And, uh, and yeah, we had fun, we had fun shooting. And I uh, was barefooted, I was barefooted. Cause I guess slaves didn't have, you know, it was weird. We're barefooted. We didn't have shoes, but uh, did have a vest on, which was odd made me wonder why did they make slaves wear vests they'd have these these um uh, these long flowing um uh, almost like a is that called a tunic they had these tunics on with three button tunics and then uh, with with the frilly prints and purple rain prints in the revolution sleeves and and these these really tight pants uh they were the original skinny jeans back then, but they were cotton. And uh, and then a vest. I was like, why do you want people looking <laughs> real and neat out in the field? It was odd, odd fashion sense. Anyway, and um, yeah, we, we had a great time shooting. Wrapped around four, and then uh, I had time to kill, so I hit my boy Hugh Moore up, and we hung out, ran a couple of errands. Went and got some food at this vegan spot. I always eat vegan when I'm in L.A. Don't ask me why. Because I blame Ian Edwards. I blame Ian Edwards and more. uh Mainly Ian, though, because Ian's been the vegan longest, and we always wind up going to place that he can eat. And they always have a have a vegan uh, menu in most restaurants in L.A. Also, oh, it's sins. It was good, too. It was good, too, wasn't it, honey? And then I uh, flew out... Uh, I was trying to do too much. I was trying to do too much when I was flying out. Because after I dropped off Hugh, I was like, oh, I can go to Amoeba. So I went to Amoeba and I said to him, you think I should go get a haircut? Go see my girl Jay? Because Jay uh, cuts my hair when I'm in L.A. But I was like, like, nah, I better not. I get to the car rental drop-off place at 9.50. My plane's at 11.10. So I'm like, all right, that's good. It should only take, you know, 10-15 minutes, get to the uh, airport and checked in. Do you know these fools, the damn shuttle took another 30 minutes before it. the shuttle didn't come until about 10-25 10-20 I wound up uh, catching the shuttle from Thrifty I was renting with Fox but I caught the shuttle from Thrifty because they're both next door to each other and then of course as I got on the shuttle from Thrifty I uh he now sits for an extra 10 minutes. And meanwhile, I see like three Fox shuttles drive by. Damn it, I can't win. Got to the airport and same thing as the night before. I literally, uh, I was in the pre-check, but they were letting all these old people cut the line. And then uh, then some uh, people that worked there worked for TSA. To where I had to actually complain. I was like, ew, I gotta gotta get this plane." Yes, sir. Well, you're gonna have to wait because all these people. I was like, "Look, man." So they let me just go, and uh, and I boarded, and uh, yeah, man, we uh, got on the plane. Didn't get any rest. Hardly got any rest. I probably I probably took a nap and dozed off for maybe um, maybe an hour, maybe a little more, but um. What's funny is, so the next day, I had a pitch meeting for this show. I had this pitch meeting for a show, and uh, and I was ready to cancel it. I was actually ready to cancel it on Tuesday, but my agent's assistant hit me saying, Yeah, Dana, remember that uh, meeting that we've been rescheduling about three or four times since February? Yeah, well, um, that meeting's tomorrow, so are we good for tomorrow? And I was tempted to cancel. But then uh, my man Barron said he made a good point. I I asked him, I said, yeah, what would you do? Would you go or would you cancel? And he said, well, you know what? Some of the uh, best meetings I've ever had, best pitches, best auditions I've ever had are when I'm exhausted and super tired. And then uh, I said, oh, that's interesting. And then Hugh actually made a good point. Hugh said, "Well, the rationale is your body is so exhausted that you don't have time to think about being nervous." So I was like, "All right, that makes makes a good point." And uh, shout out to my man Mo Mandel because he had actually helped helped us work on the pitch for this show. We uh, we pitched it. Well, this was funny. I, I went in uh, to a production company. We weren't. We weren't. We previously with this show, I actually pitched it to a couple of networks. Um I might have spoken about this before. We um we pitched, let's see, we pitched to VH one, but they already had pop up video, which was within the same format. Uh MTV I was on guide code at the time and just I guess it was enough of a conflict of interest so they weren't really feeling it. Um Oh, E Entertainment Television actually liked it and wanted to uh, use it as a um, as a segment. But I didn't want a segment. I wanted. I was like, I want a show. I want no segment. <laughs> I want a show. Uh, uh, we pitched the BT. BT. Um, there's there's a moment where someone that is not black uses the N word. <laughs> Yo, can I tell ya if you were in the in this meeting where we showed them the sizzle reel. A sizzle reel, for those that don't know, it's like a it's uh it's almost like a treatment of what you're planning on shooting. So it'd be like a presentation, a treatment of sorts, a presentation of, of the grand show or movie idea that you wanna wanna show. So say you're doing say you wanna do a half hour sitcom, you might shoot a Five minute sizzle reel highlighting some of the things that would happen. To, it happened in the sitcom. Um, same thing with an hour. You'd shoot. You shoot the. Essentially, it would be the best commercial. It would be a long form commercial, is what it would be for whatever project you're pitching. So we, uh, <laughs> so we showed it uh, to BT and, oh, and it was. Uh, I remember it was two black women were in the pitch meeting. Um, Was that it DMA? I think DMA real cool. She she hired me for don't sleep with TJ Holmes. Uh, Watch how this comes full circle. So um, this show is called don't sleep with TJ Holmes. Don't sleep comma with TJ Holmes, who was hosting it. Not don't sleep with TJ Holmes. Like don't don't let him don't let him put his fingers on you. TJ's a monster, so we uh, so we pitched it for them, and when this woman of another uh, color said, nigga <laughs> it's funny, but they got tighter. I was like, "Hugh and I," because Hugh uh, Hugh was a uh, you know co co writer with me and Hugh and I both looked at each other like i guess we won't be doing business with BT huh and then we pitched it to um to fuse fuse uh and fuse actually was digging it um the reason it didn't go any further with fuse is because i mean they had started doing a budget in the whole nine but then as is always the case they hired a new president and the new president put us on the back burner actually no just wiped the slate clean the production slate clean and we were on that slate so back to the drawing board i sat on it for years and my uh my agents a couple months ago uh decided let's let's see what ideas dean has and that was one of them so we wound up uh, we wound up uh, revamping it and uh we didn't shoot a new sizzle, we just revamped. Revamped and um added some uh modern enhancements as it were. And we pitched it uh and yo the pitch the pitch meeting was was, was awesome. You know, a pitch meeting normally you'll run maybe maybe thirty, 30 minutes is a good pitch meeting. It's long enough to not get sick of each other. And, and, you know, in a pitch, for those that don't know, and and what Moa uh, Mandel reminded me is, it's basically like doing a set, man. You know, for those that don't know, if you've never pitched, take this into consideration. When you're going to pitch as a stand-up especially, you know what it's like to work under pressure. You know what it's like to, um, you know, to attempt to make people... Complete strangers laugh or entertain complete strangers. So that's your ace in the hole. So if you're a comic out there and you're listening to me, whatever you're pitching, always remember you're selling yourself, you're selling your personality, you're selling your point of view. And so you want to make sure you give them that. The same way when you get on stage, you want to give people a piece of yourself, man. So. And I think that was good because I've been on a couple of pitches earlier this year and they were good, but they weren't great. You want to be great when you go in these meetings. So with this particular meeting, I decided I right, and I'm going to be great. Uh, I landed at what, seven twelve. I made it back home um, around nine ish. Yeah, I made it home around nine ish because I wound up. I caught the. Uh, caught the air train. I was going to catch a car and then I was like, nah, son, nah. cuz it's rush hour traffic in the morning. I didn't want to be I don't want to have to pay $60 to get home in the same amount of time as it would have cost me to take the uh take the air train. So, took the air train home. Only reason I went home was to get an umbrella cuz I heard it was supposed to uh, rain that day and I was afraid it was going to be cold. So, I ran home, got my umbrella got got back to the uh city I made it to the city by around around 10:15 my meeting was at 10:15 so I walked in the building around 10:20 um I did not emerge until about 11:50 so I was in there a good 90 minutes or so your boy Edwards strikes again and um they actually dug not one, but two of my ideas. Uh, what I had gone in there to pitch versus what uh, what else I had, you know, sort of in the can. I just finished writing this script with my man, Mark Tia Bolden. So they asked what else I had. I think I actually pitched them that first because we were talking about sitcoms. So I pitched them the sitcom first. Then I pitched them the uh, the other project. They dug both, they like both. Um you can always tell when uh people are into something by the the synergy that that you have, you know, creatively. You know, if, if you have someone that starts tagging your idea, starts giving, you know, here's your idea and then starts adding their two cents to it, that means you have some sort of synergy. But if you're you're pitching and you draw out your idea and then just well, then um, go to the next idea, you know, <laughs> always going to a pitch me and always have a bunch of ideas in the in the can, a bunch of ideas ready to throw at them, you know, and that's what I that's what I did. And in this case, it it, uh, it worked out. And then they actually pitched me a show that uh, that they might be doing so. All in all, it was um, it was a, it was a good meeting, man. I was happy about it. I was happy about it, and as a matter of fact, uh, one of the um, the the head of development she actually hit me earlier today asking me about the thing that they pitched and asked me some specifics about people that I'd like to work with. So. You know, I will keep you all posted on what happens after the for the mucking pitch. You feel me? You under dig? You over smell me? Um. Oh, you know what? Um. So, like I said, the weekend, the weekend went real, really well. I I rested, man. I was. I had to actually call and cancel spots on Friday. I was just too. I was tired, man. I was tired. What can I say? What you want me to do? I'm sorry. I, um I still don't know who uh who won the uh the Pacquiao versus Bradley 3 fight uh I'm hoping wishful thinking it has happened in the past but I'm hoping that somehow somehow some way keep coming up with funky jokes like every single day ow I'm hoping I can avoid finding out who won the fight Um, that's the beauty of boxing is that it's a big sport, but it's small enough to the general populace that, uh, a big fight, it is possible to avoid knowing who won a big fight. So, I um, I'm seeing if I can wait until Saturday because it'll be on HBO and, uh, then I can watch it Saturday night or Sunday morning, um, after coming in from gigging, uh, Looks like it was a good fight. Well, what looked like it was going to make it an even better fight was uh, the fact that um, Teddy Atlas is now uh, Bradley's coach, and, and uh, damn, was Pacquiao's coach. Is it? Is it? I was going to say Roach. Fred, Freddie, Freddie. Is it Freddie Roach? Freddie, Freddie Roach. Is it Freddie Roach? Damn. Or am I just hearing the word Roach because, uh, because I, yeah, I think it's Freddie Freddie Roach, Fre- not Freddie Atlas. Freddie Roach boxing, is that it? I'm yeah, it's Freddie Roach. Okay, I heard Coach and I wasn't sure. I was like, is is Freddie Roach? Why does that sound funny? So um, yeah, Freddie Roach and Teddy Atlas have sort of been. Uh, enemies for a long time and so it wasn't so much about bradley versus pacquiao as much as it was about teddy atlas versus freddie roach so i'm curious to see whose teaching style uh whose whose coaching style was gonna win Uh, people had the odds on uh pacquiao but we'll we shall we shall see where shall she indeed yo? so i i think i've been gung-ho because i got back in the gym this uh this this last week and i actually just had to stand up because my legs my legs were locking up yo i'm tired son <laughs> i'm tired he was trying he was trying to kill me he was he was trying to kill me he was I, um like i was fine on friday we boxed on friday And Marina Franklin was clowning me because she was saying, uh, she was saying I was acting like I come all the time. I was like, come all the time when I'm home, but I ain't been home. I've been on the road. Then uh, shout out to Pop Pop, Big Keith Robinson, uh, and his speedy recovery. Uh, Keith is getting back uh, to to his hundred percent space. I could tell because he was on the phone with Marina. He was snapping on me. He was like, Dean is, Dean looks like a former professional basketball player (laughs) that's just rude but it is funny oh so yeah so we uh you know we were hitting the bag on uh, on friday and then today yeah i can't walk man have you ever walk you ever work out and and you get to a point where you're afraid to walk down steps. I'm walking up steps is rough, but walking down steps is harder because I'm afraid that each time I take a step down, my body's just gonna collapse. Uh my legs just gonna give out under the weight and pressure of my body. Not that I'm I'm Ralphie May size. I'm just saying that my body is when your body's tired and your legs are exhausted there's a chance that your body's gonna say, All right, well we're gonna keep going down. We'll see you uh we'll see you at the bottom. Started at the bottom, now we're at (laughs) Yeah, so cause today, damn, we did squats must have done like a hundred plus squats. We did squats into shoulder presses with dumbbells, man. Alternating the weight from I think uh fifteen pounds to twenty-two pounds. Every other set of ten range from 15 pounds to 22 pounds and then repeat back to 15 and 22 and had to do 10 sets of those and the squats would kill me and then uh, we had to do these uh, these planks which are like you're in plank position with dumbbells in your hands and then you just uh, start doing like lawnmower pulls up and the same thing 10 and you know 5 and 5 or 10 total so, my body was already exhausted off of, off of that. And then then this fool, this diabolical coach decides oh, you know what? You know what else you can do? Well, I know you already ran a mile at seven miles per hour uh, to warm up. How about 500 punches with a uh, do, that's Steve, punch, jab, and shuffle. Punch, jab, shuffle. So. I made it to 300 and then I ended on the speed back. My body is actually very tired right now. Um, it ain't gonna make me feel guilty or bad for not doing 500. Uh, I, I'm just getting back, okay? Let a brother live. Thank you, appreciate it. Love you like step cousin. Um, yeah, well look, look man. So what have we, what have we learned here today? Hmm? This has been the art of the pitch. Remember to sell yourself, man. Entertain these fools when you go into a pitch meeting. Make sure when you go in, you know, un- understand that fatigue can actually work to your advantage. You know, I worked for my advantage and, uh, It'll be great if we get a bunch of these shows on the air. That's the plan. People are like, what's the plan? I'm like, the plan is to get as many sources spinning as possible, and it's uh, it's coming, man. You know, between the the project that Mark Ball and I, the sitcom we wrote, and then um, my man Owen Smith and I have something that we uh, we're working on next month. Um, the the uh, green the 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 show that uh, Hugh Moore and I are working on that we were pitching last week and and many more you know just gotta you gotta believe in whatever it is you're doing and then you gotta own it and then you gotta sell yourself you know be you people want to be in business with you charm them charm charm them and make them like you remember what lauren said dean you're charming people like you be charming and dad uh barry's lines be be huggable and lovable you want to be huggable and lovable so um so yeah man we'll catch you next week on the for the market protocol hearing all things comedy uh it's been your man follow me on all social media at I am Dean Edwards. I am Dean Edwards because, well, that's who I am. It's been all love here in, for the muckin' living rooms. Your man Dean Edwards, two fingers. All right, peasy. Oh, I think I hear a siren. They must, they must be coming to get me. I don't know why, but I think they are coming to get me. All right, y'all. It's been all, all real, all love. Two for the fucking fingers. You hear me? Easy.